Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Christy, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 9th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 75, third paragraph, beginning with returning home. Today's readers are Judy B., Julie R., Rebecca, and Sylvia. The reference number for Sunday, September 8th, is 5108. Again, that's 5108. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Katie F. to read the 12 Steps, please. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. The 12 Steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters in the practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Katie. I will now ask Rose to read the 12 traditions, please. Thank you, Christy. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, 
The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, <clears throat> OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities pass. Thank you, Rose. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 75, the third paragraph or last paragraph on that page. And I will ask Judy B. to begin reading, please. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. This is uh, Judy B., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything. For we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? 
Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? A vital, a vital paragraph, because this is describing uh, what we do after we have uh, completed the fifth step. You know, after we have um, talked with our sponsor or another person that we have chosen to hear this, and withholding nothing, and that's hopefully what we have done, withheld nothing, we have disclosed all of... Um, those things which which we've been ashamed of, which we've you know which we've had in our past, which we we want to be relieved of, and we we've come to understand them in a different way. And this paragraph tells us what to do when when uh, this is done. You know, we we need to find a quiet place, and we need to carefully review, you know, what we have disclosed and what we have gone over. But we thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. And and that's, you know, that's something which um, is just so important in our relationship with him that we continually thank him, you know, that we have a better relationship with him and that we, you know, we get to um, to be with him every moment and to realize it. It's just such a wonderful new way of living. You know, we take the book down, we look at the 12 steps, um, and they're on page 59. We go through the steps. We go through uh, what we have done. You know, we carefully read it, and we ask if we have omitted anything. That is absolutely so important. Um, Life will go on if we have omitted anything, but, boy, it will not go on the same way. Uh, we will not have the, the the promises of the program if um, if we're holding on to anything. It just um, and if we are holding on to anything, you know, it, at this point, it would just be the best thing we could do to talk to our our sponsor and talk about it and get it out into the open and um, and take care of it before we go on because. You know, we we will now be ready to launch onto this wonderful uh, recovery, which which is beyond our wildest dream. It's just the promises become true, and uh, and we have a new way of living. So, um, do not skip this step. Um, I've worked with lots of people on the um, fifth step, and. Uh, and and what happens is if we have omitted anything it comes back to haunt us and um and uh you know it may be cleared up later but we go through a lot of pain and unnecessary uh energy just just uh getting through it I, this is the moment this is the time to truly come clean and to know that we have we have disclosed everything to god and another person and um and then from from this time on, it just it gets better and better. And um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of this program and and to be a part of, um, especially this part of the program. It's just so so freeing to hear to hear people um, just. Get 
give up, you know, holding on to anything and to move on and, and find a new a new way of living. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. Sylvia. Kim and then Sylvia. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. Now, this is really the only place that the big book says, take a break. Take a break and reflect. And it's only for an hour. So let's look at this pace. Let's look at what we have done. Let's look at this big book and how it has prepared us for this point. You know, on page 60, it says, being convinced we're at step three. So that means the doctor's opinion up to 60, which is 73 pages, is steps one and two. They're conclusion steps, but it takes us a long time often to get to those conclusions. But then on page 60, we make that decision. And on page 88, the end of this chapter, we've done um, done steps 3 through 11. So in 28 pages, we do steps 3 through 11. So you can see the pace has increased. The urgency is there. We've come to that conclusion. We've made that decision. We've written our inventory. We've told someone all of our story. So we're going to take one hour to reflect, one hour to make sure we haven't admitted anything, one hour to make sure that we have thoroughly followed this path. And then 5, 6, and 7 is done all in one day. In one day. So we're going to take this hour, we're going to do steps 6 and 7, and then the next day we're going to start in making our list. So when we say that we are doing a fearless and thorough inventory, when they say people who have thoroughly followed our path, I think sometimes what we think is that means quantity. Quantity. I've done it long. I'm going to do my fourth step for two years. I'm going to take 14 years to tell someone my story. What thoroughly means is have you followed these directions specifically? Have you followed the directions as they laid out? Or are you making up your own stuff as you go along? So that's what we're asking. We're asking, looking at those first five proposals, have we followed these directions specifically? And if that is true, this text says, why is this? Because we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man. Because let me testify today that I am a compulsive overeater, but I no longer suffer from compulsive overeating. The miracle of walking through these steps is not that I don't have to eat my binge foods. The miracle of these steps is I don't want to eat my binge foods. The obsession has been removed. So we're going to take this one hour to make sure that all those stones are in place and then we're going to immediately get back into action. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Sylvia, go ahead. Hello, Christy, and thank you so much for your service, Christy. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Um, This is Sylvia, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in upstate New York. And um, I want to build on just what was said. The the paragraph before says that um, if we've done this work, withholding nothing, that's so key, withholding nothing, we are delighted, we can look the world in the eye, We can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Our fears fall from us, 
and we begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. We begin to connect with God. And it says the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. And so uh, my experience uh, doing the fourth step one time with a recovered sponsor and as a uh, uh, sponsoring other people, when you, so this one time I did all the steps, you know, I did the work, and uh, she asked me the great question, do you feel relief? Do you feel uh, the peace, uh, perfect peace and ease? Or have, do you feel the obsession being lifted? And I said, uh, no. No, I don't, because I was being honest. And she said, okay, well, we're going to go right on, be quiet for an hour, and then come back and tell me. What is it that you're not telling me? And I had been so honest except for... One thing, and it wasn't a big thing. That's what was so funny. And, of course, (laughs) I know you'll be surprised it was about food. It was about food. All this other stuff I had been so honest about, and there was something that I didn't want to tell her because I didn't want to change something in my food. And uh, so I got to spend that hour thinking about it because what it says here is that if we don't do this, our foundation is going to be, uh, it isn't going to be solid. And it doesn't matter the work that we do past this because it's going to be on shaky ground. It's like building on sand. It's not going to work. And so, you know, I got to tell her. And then when I told her what it was I was withholding, which I hadn't realized actually I was withholding until she asked the question, why aren't you feeling the relief? Then I could go, oh, this is why I'm not feeling the relief. And then the paragraph before I get to experience it. And that it's such an amazing process, this book, the miracle of feeling that all that all that burdens being lifted and being able to be alone with myself at perfect peace and ease. All the monkeys, all the chatter in my head, they're all gone. And I get to be quiet and okay with myself. And that's what you know that's what i want to experience and have a solid foundation before i move over, move on and with that i pass thank you for letting me share thank you sylvia who else would like to share on this paragraph this is bella can i share sure bella and then i thought i heard someone else that would be paula paula all right uh, bella and then paula go ahead bella good morning my name is bella and i am a compulsive overeater Thank you very much for leading this meeting, and thank you very much, everybody that is on the line. I really liked very much this paragraph, and I will, I will pay attention to, to the sentence, um, uh, carefully reviewing what we have done. Wow, before the program, we just have an obsession in the mind, and we just kept of thinking of our resentment and about how much angry and disappointed and uh, painful we are about our parents, our brothers, our family, our boss, our everybody. We just had this resentment and this obsession in the mind. We just didn't do nothing. We had this blockage in our mind, and we were busy thinking how much we are pity how much we are suffering in this world. Now that 
thank God it's a miracle that we are in the program and we can live with the tools, we can do the steps, and yes, we have done the work, we have done something uh, with this, uh, uh, the inventory, yes, we had done something, and after we have done something, we did something with ourselves, with our thinking, there is no problem. We can review. It's okay. We are not afraid anymore. We are not scared. We don't have to be scared to express our feelings. It's okay. And why we can do it? Because we thank God from from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Yes, we are not alone. We, are, we don't have to be isolated anymore. We are with God. God is with us. And it's a wonderful feeling. No more scared, no more fears. It's okay. We, we can do the review and pause a minute. Yes, we did something. Now how we feel, we change our thinking. We change our mind. We can be a free man. We can live a free life. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling that we know we are not alone anymore. We have God with us. We can thank him for being here with us all the time, and it's a wonderful, wonderful, peaceful feeling. And thank you very much, and by this I will pass. Thank you, Bella. Paula, go ahead. This would be Paula. I'm going to drop down here to scoot to the next carefully. Notice they say it twice in this paragraph. Full of care here. Reading the first five proposals. Now, you would think at this time, have we read them? It's more about the reading. Do you get the depth of them? And read every one of them. It says, first, we admitted we were powerless over a complete total surrender. You can't build unless you have this. You'll build, perhaps, but it won't stay up, honey. Not against life as life presents itself. They're the problem, but look at, then again, we read the solution came to believe. Do we come to believe finally greater, that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity? To come read again that you were insane. The hope, the hope, the third step prayer, made a decision, have you? Is it total, complete? Did you hold back? Here's where it'll come up made us searching and fearless, moral, without fear. I who lived in fear, without fear, and searching of ourselves, finally stopped looking at others. And here we come to five. Here we come to five and ask carefully for why, if we have omitted anything, sometimes by choice, sometimes it didn't come up. It was so hidden. We know about the depths of this disease. Oh, deeper still, God. And then it said clearly, for we're building. We're always building here an arch through which 
we shall walk a free man at last. You know, we thought on the disease, I thought I was free. I had everything I wanted and more. Oh, wait, but there wasn't enough. There was never enough more. No. A free man at last. And it wasn't with more of. It was with less of. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Look at the detail that we have here. Have we skimmed on the cement? Even here, exact. Because this is what holds it together. Put into the foundation. Have we tried to make mortar without sand? Oh, honey, you bet I did. And it didn't come out right. It couldn't hold up. That's why it must be so exact. Some things, yeah, you flub along. No, not this. Not if I was to walk a free man. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass and walk a free man. Thank you, Paula. Well, this is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And you know, I like to use analogies to help me understand, uh, to help me understand things, and to help me explain things too. So I use them frequently. And and the one that comes to mind in particular with this paragraph is, um, you know, uh, putting something together. You know, having a set of instructions and putting something together. So, you know, you think about buying, you know, furniture that comes in a flat box that you have to, you know, <laughs> put together. And opening it up, you know, whatever it is, you know, use your own analogy. But for this particular one, you know, it's, you know, for me, my personality and my brain, I do like to try to figure things out myself. But, um, but I know that um, with something that's more complicated, that could be more complicated, or something I've never done before, it makes it much more challenging to try to figure out on my own. So... You know, I, I, what I do is I actually read the instructions, uh, you know, rather than trying to figure out how to put something together on my own. So, you know, you open up the instructions, and what I do is, you know, I spread everything out, and I've got all of these different fasteners, you know, all different size, sizes of screws perhaps, and maybe some little tools that I'm given to you know, help, help me put something together. I, I've got the, you know, the larger pieces. I mean, I have all of these different pieces. And in the instructions, typically they'll say, you know, here's what you should have. You should have these, this number of this kind of screw and this number of this kind of fastener and this, you know, these three larger pieces and these four smaller pieces. You know, everything's all laid out and all of the instructions are given to me. And, um, you know, what I typically do is I read the instructions, look at what it's supposed to look like at the end, you know, this is how I approach it, and then I begin at the first step. And as I go along, you know, I make sure I pay attention to all of the different um, instructions along the way. And the reason I do that, even though it is sometimes, you know, it's very detailed and it's laborious and it takes longer, I have found myself many times. Many times, unfortunately, I've learned from my own experience, you know, if I try to, you know, shortcut something, I'm in trouble. You know, I end up with something that's pretty wobbly. 
you know, where it doesn't quite fit together. You know, I have had to take things apart, you know, after I've gone to step 10, I've had to take things apart and started back at step three. You know, I've had to do that before. You know, I've learned from my experiences that I don't want to shortcut anything. I'm going to end up with a wobbly piece of furniture that I don't want anyone to sit on or use. You know, things don't quite line up. It just doesn't quite, you know, maybe it looks okay, but don't try to open a drawer because you can't because it gets stuck because they didn't quite line everything up, which I was supposed to do in the fourth part of the, you know, step four of the instructions. So, you know, unfortunately, having learned from experience what I want to make sure I do, you know, when, when I get to, you know, the third step in the instructions, I want to make sure, okay, did I do everything I was supposed to do in the first step? Did I do everything I was supposed to do in the second step? Third one, yes, great, now I'm ready to move on. And that's exactly what this paragraph is, is allowing us to do. It's saying, you know what, Don't, you know, let's make sure, we look at the first five proposals, let's make sure that we have not omitted anything because we're building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Do I want to be free? Do I want everything to work by the time I get to the end? Do I want everything as solid as possible? Have I given myself every opportunity to be free? Have I done that? Have I been thorough? Have I followed the instructions? Have I listened to other people or have I tried to figure it out on my own and said, yeah, I think that's good enough? Instead of this needs to be thorough, this needs to be solid because I don't want to go back. I mean, this is the way I approach the fifth step. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to have to go back to eating compulsively in that horrible, horrible, horrible prison that I was in for so many decades. I want to be free. Get, give me a way out. Give me in the, the instructions. Help me with you know, how to put this life together. How to put this life together. That's what I need and I want the freedom that's promised. Freedom from compulsive overeating is promised. Promised and I just never thought that was possible. Ever, ever, ever. And today I am proof, I am proof that it is possible, that it is possible. You know, today is my 12-year anniversary, one day at a time, every single day, without exception. You know, good times and not so good times. I have, I have found it not necessary to pick up. I have not picked up. No matter what has happened in my life, one day at a time, one meal at a time, you know, 12 years, one step at a time, building on that solid foundation. It doesn't mean I'm perfect by any means, but it means I put everything I had into building this life so that I had an unshakable foundation on which to build a new life. You know, I need things to be solid, squared up, ready to go, you know, ready to meet whatever conditions life was going to throw at me. And, and this right here is reminding us to stop. You know, we're almost at the midpoint here. Let's stop and make sure, especially as we're taking, you know, these action steps, that the actions we're taking are solid. Let's make sure things are solid as solid can be because this is, this is the real deal here. This is the real deal here. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Is there anyone else who'd like to share on this particular paragraph at the bottom of page 75? Philomena. Philomena, go ahead. 
Thank you, Christy. Um, my name is Amina. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater today. Um, I'd like to go to where it says, we thank God from the bottom of our heart that I know him better. I want to change that word, we, because I want to make it a personal uh, today because I, uh, I'm i just so grateful that uh, now I know this is a spiritual program for sure. I had such a spiritual experience in the last uh, six weeks. But yet, uh, Saturday, um, I did my fifth step with my face-to-face sponsor that's been recovered and a vision-for-you person. And I'm so grateful that um, she lives close by to me. And God picked her for me. And uh, when I did my fifth step it, uh, before, uh, it was I was so afraid to do it. And when I did it the big book way and the way God directed this whole last six weeks of my life, uh, I just know that it was so spiritual. And, um, you know, the place was in my backyard with with a fountain going and butterflies and hummingbirds. And and before we did it, my sponsor said, wait a minute, wait a minute, i got to get something. And she got a chair and she put it between us. And that was the most beautiful thing that God was right there in the midst and um it just was it was just flowing it was just beautiful flowing 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 and I could just feel the presence of God and uh and and I just know that you know when I had to spend my hour uh after she left um I I just wanted to seek God more and to know about his power because um the power, the miracle that he done for my son, was the beginning of my healing. That was when uh, everything started to flow because my 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 heart was healed instantly from God. And um, I just wanted to say that I am so grateful for vision for you, and for anybody that's leading me to the big book because that's where the healing is in the pages of this book and the directions. And um, when I uh, when I picked up my phone uh, on Sunday, my sponsor, what a beautiful person that she is that's been in recovery for 12 years, she said, I am thanking God today for the beautiful spiritual experience of your fifth step. So I like to say that when, when you follow directions and you do it with, with the Spirit of God, there's no, there's no fear. It's just a, a new beginning. And uh, I am very grateful to have that experience, and uh, I'm seeking to know God better. I just read a spiritual book, and it took me only an, a day and a half, and I am not a real fast reader, but I could not put the pages down because I just wanted to know about God and his power. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Philomena. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Let's turn the page and move on to page 76, that first paragraph on the next page. Julie R., will you please read that for us? Hi, I'm Julie R. from California, a covered compulsive overeater. If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all? Everyone, if we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us to be willing. And, you know, for me, it asks, 
<clears throat> it says, you know, have we answered it to our satisfaction? And it's all the questions that everybody's been talked to. You know, have we really looked at those first five proposals? Have we missed anything? And when it says to go back to step six, you know, have we... We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Um, for me, this was key this time around. You know, I say this time around because I've done this before. But when I went through the steps and I honestly looked at everything, when I did put everything down on paper, I was willing. And, you know, when it talks about um, it emphasized willingness. And emphasized to me is like, you know, I have to just do it. And the dictionary says to lay stress upon. And willingness is favorably disposed in my mind. I didn't want to even think about my character defects before, let alone want to look at them, want to talk about them. Um, and am I ready to have God remove from from us all of these things which have caused me harm? And, you know, selfishness, resentment, all of those things that kept me in the disease I know the first time, <clears throat> the first three times that I had done an inventory, I didn't have that um, powerful, quiet time. I I wanted it just to get over with. Okay, hurry up. I want to move to the next step. And um, I knew this time around when I sat and I did review those first five proposals and I had a quiet time, I felt the change. I was willing. I was ready. I had this joyfulness in me that... I'm going to put these things aside so that I could let my creator in. And I did want him to take them all, but that didn't mean that I was ready. You know, there was, I learned that. But as I went through the rest of the steps, God answered every prayer that I have ever asked him for. Can he now take all of them, every one? Yes, my God could take every one of them. And if we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to be willing. There was one part of my fifth step fixed in defects that I did not want to let go. I wanted to keep it in my back pocket and pull it out every once in a while. It wasn't food, but it was dishonest. Um, it was something that my God would not want me to have in my life. And I kept on, I kept it in my back pocket up until about Two months ago, um, and I've I've been abstinent since August 17th. I haven't acted on the dishonesty, but I still kept it in my pocket. And I continue to ask God to keep me ready, to be willing. And I can say that that is totally gone from my life now. And it's right there. It says we continue to ask God to help us be willing, you know, and the miracles will happen. So uh, this was a, a step all the years I've been in OA since 81 that I never, ever had happened. So anyway, thank you, and I will pass. Thank you, Julie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Sharon in Colorado. Uh, I think I heard. Was it Sharon? Yes. Okay. And, and then who in Colorado? I didn't catch the first name. Sharon in Colorado. Oh, Sharon in Colorado. Okay, maybe that was it. Sharon, why don't you go ahead? Thank you, Christy, and congratulations on your 12th year anniversary. You give me so much hope. Uh, this is Sharon. I'm a compulsive overeater. I am working on the fourth and fifth step with a 
recovered sponsor, and uh, she lives back east, so we were having to do this sort of in increments. But what really hit me today, I just wasn't able to get on the line before we went to the next paragraph, was looking at those five proposals. And had I clearly acknowledged and admitted to the core of my being each one of those, and the one that I realized once I started listening to this program, The Vision for You, why I had not been able to maintain abstinence all these years was I had not accepted to the core of my being, step one, that I truly was a compulsive overeater. And it was the result of listening to those first 60 pages, especially uh, the doctor's opinion, line by line, um, that I was given that gift of being totally convinced that I truly am a compulsive overeater. And then um, going on to step two and accepting that I was no human aid that was ever going to be able to uh, keep me from that first bite. So I had to believe and trust that God would and could if I kept working forward through these proposals. <clears throat> and then I did the third step with my sponsor and a set-aside prayer for me as well so I could, you know, let go of all the stuff that I had done before that I thought, how come it didn't work? Well, that's why it didn't work. And now I'm in the process almost to the very end now of my fourth and fifth step, and I am so grateful so thank you for all of you on the line. Thank you for being there every single day. Thank you for your commitment to this big book and to be following at the big book um, by the big book instructions. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Sharon. Who else would like to share on this paragraph or at the top of page 76, first paragraph? Mrs. Sally in South Jersey. Sally, go ahead. Thank you, Christy. All I have to say to you is don't go. Uh, page 76, top, it says, Are we now ready to let go, remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objection objectionable? Can he now take them all, everyone, if we still cling to something we will not let go? We ask God to help us be willing. Um, I'm Sally, recovered compulsive overeater in South Jersey, and I just want to speak to this last sentence. If we still cling to something... We will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. Well, first of all, it reminds me of a weed in my garden that is just really hard to pull. Um, and if I don't wet it, it doesn't come out at all. It just snaps off and it ends up, the root is, remains in there. And so I, I have to look at the weeds in my own character and um, and what God wants to change in me and how he wants to change us. And the thing that comes right to my mind is uh, a character defect that I have of uh, exaggerating, which I do tend to do on a regular basis. I, I um, justify this exaggerating by um, saying, well, you know, it's kind of part of my humor. Um, it kind of is part of who I am, you know, that I just use exaggeration as a part of humor and, and to make my point. But in all honesty, you know, uh, we recently heard a share on a Saturday, on a Sunday morning, rather, um, about this particular area of um, removing our character flaws, and it was made very clear that all of our character flaws categories, selfishness, um, self-seeking, dishonest, and fearful, and when I look at that, and I recognize that 
exaggerating is part of being dishonest. I'm not really being rigorously honest on a regular basis. And I know that that's what my higher power wants. He wants me to lay aside all these, all these character flaws that I might like to bolster up with my ego and justify uh, as um, part, of my, part of who I am. And who will I be if I lay down these, these character flaws? They sort of like shape my character. And, you know, that's the beauty of what we're doing here. And that's what they're talking about in this last cha- uh, paragraph, rather, where we're building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Um, we're we're really building a future for ourselves. We're, we are we are basically stating in, in walking through these steps that we are willing to change. That the old ways they just didn't work. Sort of like that expression, our best thinking got us here, and we're not really happy where it got us. And so with that, we are again here taking a step, just a small step, but an important step in asking God to make us and recreate us into who he would have us be. Who will we be when we lay down our character defects, our character flaws, even the ones we think, you know, are funny or that make us who we are? Who will we be? Won't that be exciting to find out who God intended us to be as we embrace the identity that God intended us to have Thanks for letting me share with that. I pass. Thank you, Sally. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Katie, a recovered compulsive reader. Katie, and then I heard someone else? Rochelle. Was that Rochelle? Yeah. Okay, very good. Katie, go ahead, and then Rochelle. Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. Um, can he now take them all, every one? If we will still cling to something, he, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. So this is reminding us that we don't take, you know, in, in this uh, previous paragraph, we finished our fifth step, and we are not suddenly perfect and have nothing else to do. Uh, for this program, it's it's going to take um, a continued willingness on a daily basis to see how God wants to change me. You know, is that uh, just part of my personality, or is it something that's really uh, ugly and something that perhaps could change? It doesn't mean I have to change and be like you know the person sitting next to me at a meeting, but I have to continue to be willing willing to do whatever God wants me to do to change, to walk as this free person I now am. Um, And it's so easy to get, you know, to slip back into old behavior. um, And, you know, but when we do, we ask God again for the willingness. You know, bridle my tongue. Um, You know, help me to be uh, an instrument of God's peace, not an instrument of mayhem. And it doesn't happen overnight. Even though, um, you know, I don't want to go back to the food. I don't have a desire to go back to the food. 
I have not arrived. I'm not perfect. And I can't compare my recovery to someone else's um, because this is my journey. So I'm just grateful that, you know, this says here, um, if we still cling to something, we will not let go. We ask God to help us be willing. That is telling me that this is, you know, you're not unusual if you are trying to hold on to something. But it doesn't mean that you have completely failed. And that's what I, you know, that's how I lived before. I, it was all or nothing. If I made one little mistake, then I threw out the whole thing and said it didn't work. And, you know, I just can't emphasize enough that we are not perfect. Those of us who have, you know, Christy just shared she has 12 years of abstinence today. That doesn't mean that she's been in blissful happiness every day of those 12 years. You know, I, I've been absent for a couple days longer than that. And I, you know, I, I wish I could say that I wake up every day just so blissfully happy like you are when you first do these steps. But the difference is I don't have to go completely back to step one. I don't have to keep repeating those patterns that we found in our fourth step, those decades of uh, doing the same thing over and over again, but just with different people. You know, the, it, it's just so um, crazy, and that's what we don't have to, we don't have to do that. Uh, we look at our character defects, we ask God to help us be willing to have them be removed, and what will that look like? Well, if that'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Rochelle, go ahead. Rochelle, can you press star one to unmute your phone, please? Thank you. Um, my neighbor next door recently put up an arch on their uh, property. And I've been looking at it, and I've been kind of focused on it, and it's so interesting to hear, walking through this arch, what's the difference between before they had an arch and now they have an arch? Well, they could have just had an open path and continued the way they were. And, you know, it's, it's very nice you could have an open path here, but the difference, it strikes me, that an arch gives one a sense of limitation, that there's something above us. You know, yeah, we're walking through this space, but there's something above us. We have limitations. And, and I like to think that perhaps architecturally an arch is something that, that means God is above us. You know, we're walking through this space. We have room to maneuver, but God is above us. We have limitations, and, and he surrounds us. You know, so when we walk through an arch, we're, going, we, we're very conscious of going from one side to the other. Well, what's the difference between them? Well, it depends on what you bring with you when you go through that arch. So it's sort of like, I like to think it's like, Maybe it's like walking from this world into the next world in a sense of I'm changing. I'm walking through there, and I'm going into a very special place. So that's all I wanted to share. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Rochelle. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph before we move on? It's Leah. Good morning. Leah, go go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. 
I mean, obviously, these barriers that um, have been put up and have kept God out, you know, have become very obvious through this process, through this inventory process, which is the whole point is to dismantle, to disintegrate, you know, these masks, these personas, uh, these attitudes and behaviors that were constructed uh, in my personality, um, you know, from way back, from way back. And perhaps initially they were put up in order to survive maybe a difficult situation and environment, um, but they weren't serving me well. You know, but these attitudes and this this way of behaving had become a part of my personality, uh, and it had discolored my personality. It had twisted my personality and my outlook upon life. So through this process, uh, those become very uh, obvious. You know, and now am I willing to let that go? You know, in step six, um, with the help of a recovered uh, sponsor, you know, I began to see the need to change those attitudes and behaviors, obviously, or I was going to go back uh, to a life of misery and and a life of bondage. So these changes that are about to take place in my life required cooperation on my part. You know, God provides the direction. That was clear and plants the desire in me. But I have to contribute what? I have to contribute the willingness. It says we have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. I have to have the willingness. I have to contribute the willingness to take the action that's required. So my job is is to cooperate with God's grace. God's grace is available to me. It was available to me. The question was, how free did I want to be? And was I going to cooperate with his grace? Was I going to cooperate and respond to God's leadership in my journey? And that leadership was going to take uh, place and be evident through a multitude of things, certainly through following these steps, through the words and directions of uh, those who had blazed the trail ahead of me. Was I going to cooperate? Because God was not going to force himself on me. No one was going to take me by the hand and lead me down this road and force me to implement these steps and these principles. Willingness is a one-person job. So was I going to cooperate? Was I going to give myself over and surrender to the death of this ego and my thinking and my intellect? So this step provided me with the opportunity to become ready for God's deepest work, which was yet to come, which was yet to come, because the changes that were about to take place in my life required my cooperative effort. God was going to provide the direction. Certainly the big book had laid out clear-cut directions, but my job was to respond to this leadership he wasn't going to enforce himself in. I had to invite him into my life. I had to invite recovered people into my life. I had to invite this text into my life. That's why step six is so important. It looks like an innocuous step. It looks like it's fairly harmless and fairly simple. But it really is where the resistance can begin because the brain can say at this point, you know, I really want to be a better person and a better person as defined by me. But that's not what the big book is saying. 
That's not what the big book is saying. It's saying, am I entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character? Let God be in the lead and me cooperate with his uh, ever-present grace. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Is there anyone else who'd like to share? We've got time for one brief share before we close up for today. Yes, it's Penny C. Penny, go ahead. Good morning, everybody. Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Just a a, a little um, uh, addendum to this. So many people, so many among us I've heard, and myself included, have really worked on this step and felt like we were entirely ready to let God remove all these defects of character. And it became almost overwhelming at times because I had I had uncovered so many defects, and yet thinking I, thinking that we have these all taken care of now, they're in a nice, neat package, and all right, God, I'm willing to let you take all of them. We can get so discouraged when maybe one of those character defects shows up again, and it's so important, I think, to realize that the big book does not call us to be saints. It says we are not saints. What we're looking for is progress. And we cannot, not not many of us ever maintain anything like perfect adherence to the principles. The point is the out, that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. And so that word willing is such an important word in this in this step. And if I can say to the best of my ability that I have become willing not to become not to become perfect, but willing to continue along a line of spiritual progression, then then I can be satisfied with it and not get discouraged if a character defect should reappear and I have to work a little bit harder at being willing more and and knowing God will remove these defects in his time. Thank you. And thank you, Christy. I'm going to miss you. Thank you, Penny. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Rebecca, would you please read a vision for you, for us? Rebecca, can you press star one to unmute your phone, please? I'm sorry. That's okay. We can hear you now. Go ahead, Rebecca. I'm talking away. This is Rebecca, a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. 
give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.